Well, hello everyone and welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Ladig. And today I thought it would be fun to talk about flow. It's something that I've discussed before in other settings, courses, whatever. And it's what popped into my brain yesterday and it stayed there. Because just because I think of something on Monday doesn't mean that that's what's going to stick for Tuesday. But this hasn't um, gone away, but I'm taking it from a little bit of a different perspective. It's the different perspective that is what occurred to me. And honestly, I'm still noodling on it because I, I think that that uh, the argument that popped into my head is a valid one. But we'll let it play out today and see where we land. See what you guys think of it all and gals, of course. So, um this whole idea of flow is something that I picked up on years ago. I was, uh, I took a buddy of mine uh, for a job interview and it went longer than expected. He was in there for a couple hours. And so I was just sitting in the car waiting for him. And while I was sitting there, there was these, it was a spring day, really beautiful trees uh, sitting there on the property. And I was watching them just kind of sway in the wind. And while I was sitting there watching them do the thing, all of a sudden this idea popped into my head about how there's a constant state of flow happening in the trees. Um, you know, the sap rising and falling uh, to supply the leaves and the branches and everything. And it piqued my curiosity to where I started thinking about other um, scenarios where that same thing is true. And of course I thought about us human beings where we have multiple flow systems in our body from our circulatory system to our nervous system, the lymphatic system and so on. Um, and you know, we have branches just like trees, our arms and legs and fingers and all of that. I thought about lightning which is the ultimate power flow. You know, we see it streaking down through the sky. Or, you know, if you use electricity in other forms, like one of the popular uh, craft trends right now is to uh, take, like, different types of wood and, and get it wet and then use, like, um, a high-powered electrical source to uh, create artificial lightning basically <laughs> across the uh, across the wood so that it has a you know like a, a lightning style pattern on it uh, we actually have some um, some brooms that we sell in our store that were done that way for in our Harry Potter section and you know so on and on it goes from uh, the way solar systems work to galaxies, uh, superclusters. I mean, you can go out as far as you want, down to the smallest thing of um, atoms and all of that. There's this constant state of flow going on. Time flows. Rivers, as they meander through wherever they flow. Um, you have... Um, you think about... Wow, my brain just blanked out for a second. Uh, you have uh, ice flows, right? If you go to 
Norway and those places in the fjords, you'll see uh, flows of ice happening. You know, anywhere the further north you go, you'll see that. Um, so it's just this constant thing that happens in our reality, in our universe, and it's everywhere. Um, and so I was thinking about it uh, over the last several years. I, it's one of those things that I constantly ponder. And, you know, including things that can prohibit us from being in the flow. You know, we even have colloquialisms that will say, you know, like, just go with the flow. And we know what that means, right? We know what that means. And, um, you know, I've talked a lot about alignment in the past and how if you're not in alignment, it will stop flow and you can tell when things aren't. You, you can tell when things in your life are just going the way they're supposed to and you're cooking right along versus all of a sudden you have these interrupts and you're like, what the hell just happened, you know? And it's important to constantly maintain whatever needs maintaining, whether it's your mindset or whatever, to continue flow. Just uh, a few moments before uh, I went live here today, Kristen came into my office and she said, you know, I had this thought. We've been um, stirring up a lot of things here at the house because we're in a state of remodeling and moving things around and, you know, taking a bunch of stuff out of one room and putting it into another. We're buying stuff at auctions and bringing that home. Uh, we're changing things up and sending some stuff to another auction. And so there's this constant movement of things. And she's like, you know, with all the movement we're doing and um, all the things that we're getting at auction and everything, it, she's like, I feel like it's starting to affect our space here and that we probably should smudge or something like that. Well, I had the exact same thought come to me yesterday, you know, that we needed to do that. And so we're going to do that later today. Uh, and to me, that's just another, you know, mechanism for help, uh, helping keep things in alignment to keep things flowing smoothly and so on. So that we're not distracted by, you know, other things, whatever that is. But, uh, so we see that as a, as an important part of our lives, whether we like it or not. Um, you know, probably the one thing that affects us more than any other is time. And we see time is linear even though math says otherwise, our experience of time is pretty much linear. And, you know, so with a, a high degree of confidence, we can safely say that as we progress throughout the day, um, we will see the sun move across the sky, which of course the sun really isn't moving, it's the earth um, rotating, but uh, night will come and then tomorrow, will come and then the next day and before you know it it'll be spring and then summer and then winter and fall uh, depending on where you live uh, so there's this constant state of expected flow which is awesome right it seems like our entire existence has been crafted around this process and i believe a hundred percent that it's important to understand that and to work with it but what if that is not the only reality? And here's what I mean. We are so programmed to think about everything flowing because that's what it does. 
that it makes it extremely challenging to consider any alternative from things like time standing still, um, by location, being in two places at the exact same time, um, teleportation, moving from one point to another instantly, uh, different things like that. And of course, there, there are always these fringe stories out there that um, talk about things like this happening. Um, I've read them. Perhaps you've read some of them. I've even, um, a good friend of mine told me a story of a friend of his, uh, of a bi-location kind of thing where I might have shared this sometime in the last 12 years. I don't remember. But um, when I worked for the uh, Christian publishing company, Destiny Image, uh, one of the uh, sales managers was telling me a story about a missionary friend of his. She was a woman, and she had this passion for a, a small tribe somewhere in Africa. I forget the name of the tribe or the location. And so she prayed for them on a regular basis. She couldn't afford to go there personally, and she was older in years, but she prayed for them nightly for years, just that, you know, um, that God would visit them and so on and so forth. And so, uh, much later in life, she finally was able to go visit them, visit the one local village. And whenever she got there, everyone recognized her. And they spoke English. And they knew the Bible. They were Christian and all of this. And it's what happened next that really shocked her because they greeted her by name. She had never been there. She had never corresponded. As far as she knew, they didn't know she existed. But they greeted her by name. And she, she finally asked, how, how do you know me? Like, how do you know my name? And they were like, what are you talking about? You lived among us for years, teaching us about the Bible, teaching us the English language, teaching us all these different things. Never been there until that one time. So it's a classic case of bilocation. Now, how did it actually work? Was it a God thing? Or did she somehow plug into something else? I don't know. You know, who knows? Um, and, you know, there's been stories of time standing still, which we know better. It didn't, but yet it did. Um, uh, so, I mean, there's even stories of that in the Bible, of course. Now, I have no problem believing that teleportation is possible. I mean, I even had an experience of that myself where um, my daughter and I were in a car, in my car. We were driving about a mile and a half down the road from where I live now. Uh, we were going past the, or we were coming up on the mall and it was a traffic light and the person in front of us stopped short. And there is no possible way that my daughter and I ever would have gotten stopped in time. Just impossible. Because of the speed and the short notice and all of that. And so we both braced for impact. 
I mean, it was like a done deal. It was going to happen. We were going to hit this person. And then all of a sudden, we're a quarter of a mile down the road. And if anything makes you go, what the hell? <laughs> it's something like that. We looked at each other and I said, what just happened? She's like, how did we not hit that car? And I said, I have no idea. I mean, the car was stopped at a red light. And I have no idea other than like some kind of a teleportation thing. You can call it a miracle. You can call it angels. You can call it God intervening, whatever you want to call it. But the reality is that it happened. And that's kind of my point. Now, it's real easy to say, well, all things are possible with God. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't align with analyzing possibilities. And what I found is, and by the way, I do believe that, but I've also found that it's a very limiting statement because it we often have this tendency of taking anything that is superhuman and immediately, because we deem it impossible, pass it off to a higher power, you know, whether it's God or aliens or whatever, rather than actually explore how we could make that a part of our lives or how we could repeat what happened you know rather than it being a fluke what would happen if we figured out how to repeat it what if we figured out how to bilocate you know be two places at once what if we figured out how to consistently teleport you read some of the ancient manuscripts especially some of the um uh some of the uh native american uh writings um they talk about travel, you know, where they will go. Um, uh, there's one tribe in particular that's up around the Great Lakes area. Uh, if you go back several hundred years, their medicine men talked about meeting up with the Hopis and others in New Mexico in that area. Obviously, it wasn't New Mexico then, but in that area, to have they where they would have tribes uh, tribal leaders from all over the uh, Turtle Island United States meet up out in that area, and they talked about um, traveling using the whirlwinds. Okay, um, so in essence, they weren't by locating; they were teleporting. What the whirlwinds were, who knows? but they did it and it was an accepted practice that they could repeat. And that's probably the greatest fascination for me is that what if because of the programming that we uh, are immersed in related to flow, flow is what makes everything seem to work, but it's also what makes the um, unusual stand out. Now, one thing, like what keeps popping into my mind, so I'll, I'll mention it just because it's come back to me three or four times now, is, uh, you know, we think of other things like uh, telekinesis, you know. Um, one of my secret obsessions 
is telekinesis, where I can just look at an object and hold out my hand and it flies to my hand. Now, normally, people would say, well, that's impossible, you know. And for all intents and purposes, at least on the surface, it is impossible, you know. Un unless, as some in the church would say, demons do stuff like that, which, of course, I don't believe. But what if it were possible? And we just don't understand how because we are in inundated with other another belief system like flow or that says it's impossible. And I often use the analogy, you know, that used to be said that it was impossible for men to fly. Yet we do. Used to be said that it was impossible to run a four minute mile. Yet people do. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> you know, my car can do a four minute mile. Um, but that's about it. Uh, and so we look at a lot of things that we accept as impossible, but I believe it's more because of the conditioning that we have, that we're just unwilling. And if you think about it, I'm unwilling to accept it. Um, but if you think about it, things like bilocation, things like teleportation go against flow in some respects. Now, I don't understand enough about them to say, actually, they are flow, and that's how it actually works. I mean, some could say that, um, you know, warp capabilities and wormholes and all of that is actually flow. And even if you've seen drawings of wormholes, you know, there's definitely an element of flow to them because you're going in one side and coming out the other, uh, right? Um, but imagine... Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the um, the movie Jumper. Uh, it's an interesting movie. It's, a, it's more an interesting movie to watch because of the concepts behind it than it being a best-selling movie. And it starred, um, uh, what's his name? The, the guy who played, um, wow, sorry. I don't think I've drank enough water today. The guy who played um, Anakin Skywalker in the first movies, um, I forget his name right now. But anyways, it starred him. It, and actually, he made that Jumper movie right after Episode 1 came out. And the concept out behind it, ultimately, the way it came out was that all that he'd have to do is picture a certain location in his mind, like the top of the Great Pyramid of Giza or the inside of a bank vault or something like that. And he could literally teleport there instantaneously. And I was always intrigued by that movie. And there's been other movies that have explored similar concepts. And I've always found them intriguing just because they go against the, the concept of flow. Um, because they're literally like, maybe there's flow in the perspective. Like if you really reduce everything down you find out that he's not literally disappearing in one place and appearing in another but there's actually a flow to it somehow could be i haven't experienced it myself yet but um in my current level of understanding i see it more as disappearing here like let's say you know i'm right here and then and i'm teaching the webinar and all of a sudden i show up in tony's house in the uk 
like instantaneously like that. Well, that's impossible. But what if I did it anyway, whether it's impossible or not? Like, what if I did it? To me, that's not flow. That's an interruption, you know. And it makes me wonder if we start looking at things from a different angle, different perspective, not from flow, but from a pattern interrupt. We talked about that several weeks ago. But more from a pattern interrupt perspective, if that would open up a door to discovery. And I don't mean like happenstance, like it just randomly happening once and then it's like, how the hell did I just do that? And we're never able to repeat it again. I'm talking about repeatability. It could be very dangerous because, you know, if we're got out, military would want to weaponize it. And all of a sudden I'm working for the CIA. Yay. Um, I can't do that, guys, in case you're listening in. <laughs> but it's an interesting concept. And maybe they even know how to do that now. Who, who knows? I mean, you know, you never know. Um, but I, I guess where my my thinking wants to go with all this is that you can't get to point B if you don't understand how to get there. And it may not be an easy path to point B. Like normally we think, you know, going from point A to point B, it, you know, the quickest way to get there is a straight line or, and we often take a squiggly line. But what if there is no line? Like, what does that look like? where you know we're at point a and now we're at point b or we're at both point a and point b simultaneously like is that possible and how can we do it and then the other thing is uh, just to take the weirdness one step further um i don't know what you guys all believe about what i'm about to say but i'm i'm pretty pretty well convinced that There are other planets wherever in our galaxy and other galaxies that are very similar to Earth that are occupied by humans um, or, very, you know, beings very similar to humans or could be humans. Um, and that if reincarnation is indeed a possibility, that we spend time, we may reincarnate on this planet, we may be on another planet, or wherever but you know we're just going between locations and so with that as a premise and yes i do believe that whether you think i'm insane or not i don't really care um if you think about the odds of we as humans being you know whether this is the only planet we exist on or if there are actually other planets that we could exist on the odds are just too great to dismiss the fact that we're only on this planet, period. Not to mention the fact that it's incredibly egocentric for us to think that, you know, we're it on one planet. That's just stupid thinking, in my opinion. So it's not a real stretch. Now, the reincarnation part, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of reading that I've done. Um, there's even some curiosities that I've had in my own experience that makes me wonder. And I've certainly, you know, heard other people talk about that. Uh, and we tend to dismiss them as insane. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, you're from the Pleiades, you know.
uh, and I'm a 10 year old girl, you know, <laughs> it's like we look at comments like that as people just being crazy. But what if they aren't? Some probably are loony bin, but what if they aren't? You know, what if their lunacy actually gives them a more direct tap into what's really out there instead of, you know, we, us reasoning things away because we don't have proof, quote unquote. And so if what if we had the ability to travel from here to another planet instantly? Why not? I remember, and I think I've shared this before, years ago, uh, when I worked for Destiny Image, one of the um, interesting exchanges that we had, or that I had once, uh, every, I think it was Tuesday actually, every, it was either Monday or Tuesday, we would have a meeting, uh, all the employees, and very often they would have in guests. And I mean, we were a publishing company, so a lot of our authors would come in at the invitation of the publisher and they would speak to the staff. And sometimes they turn into full blown, like um, older ministry kinds of things where people were being prayed for and all that. Uh, and I always sat in the front. Uh, and the reason my logic behind it was if there was something going on, I wanted to be first in line, <laughs> you know. Because uh, I was a firm believer in power flow then, and I still am today. So I figure that, you know, if you have a speaker there and they're anointed by God or whatever, and they're walking in power, then I wanted to be first to access that power or to benefit from it or whatever you want to call it, you know, to get prayed for or whatever. And that's just how I thought, still do. And, um, and I'll tell you what, I saw some stuff that I can't, you know, that I can't explain. Funny. Uh, there's a lot of things that I experienced in my time working with that company. Like I remember rabbit trail alert. Um, I remember a time we were in Atlanta. Several of our authors were speaking in an event. There were several thousand people there and we wanted to capture this whole thing on video. I was the head cameraman, so I had a, you know, big camera that I was running around, you know, so I had a cable pullover and headphones and all the fun stuff. It was a three or four camera shoot. And my job was to stay with the speaker, especially whenever they were praying for people. And um, one of the speakers, the one night that we were there, was a, a gentleman named Michael Brown. And... uh he was praying for people. And one of the things that I learned about, about him, which I designed several of his book covers and had plenty of opportunities to interact with him and talk with him and stuff. And that is when that guy was in the zone, you had to be really careful not to get too close to him because uh, what would happen is there was just this power coming off of him that would literally make you weak in the knees. I mean, it would like knock you out even if he wasn't praying for you, just proximity. And I remember, um, I was, I, you know, I was shooting video of him praying for people. And I had this running in the back of my mind. Don't get too close. Don't get too close. And, uh, I started to feel my knees getting weak and almost ready to give out. So I just turned around and bolted, you know, I ran the other way. 
uh, made sure, of course, that my camera wasn't the one being recorded from. Um, I asked the director to cut, you know, off of me. But I looked over and uh, my friend Jim, who was photographing the event, he had his camera gear and he wasn't paying attention to what was going on. He was just taking pictures. And uh, he didn't realize that um, Dr. Brown was coming up behind him because uh, he had his back to him. So he didn't know what was going on. He's taking pictures. All of a sudden, I look over and I, I yelled his name. Like, Jim, look out, <laughs> you know. All of a sudden, boom, he hit the floor and was out cold for, you know, 10, 20 minutes. Same thing with several other people who were there actually working, um, you know, not paying attention to what's going on. And all of a sudden, boom, they're on the floor with everyone else. That didn't happen to me because I, I knew better. I got away. I stayed away from that power flow. Um, but anyways, so that's the kind of experiences that I had in that period of time. They were very curious. But one of the things that um, the publisher uh, who just passed last year, actually, Don Norris Sr., um, one of the things that he often said was, um, God can do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think, you know, or however that verse goes. And, um, I would always say out loud, like right there on the front row, well, I can imagine a lot. <laughs> and one time we had, um, a discussion about that and he's like, you know, you always say that you can imagine a lot, like what kind of things can you imagine? And I said, well, if God can do anything, right. What about teleportation? What about time travel? What, you know, and I just went down through the list, like what we're, and I'm like, so what you're saying then by implication is that all of those things are possible. Well, following your logic, yeah, I guess they are, <laughs> you know. But, you know, how to do that deliberately, who knows. And so I would constantly push that envelope, like, you know, but what about telekinesis? What about mind reading? What about, you know, uh, Astral projection, what about, um, you know, all the other weirdo things um, that, you know, people can do or want to do? And I could tell at times in some of those conversations, which he really was a mentor to me for a while, but I could tell that he would get a little bit uncomfortable because now I'm kind of messing with what's not normal. You know, even though there were some pretty fantastic things that happened in services and stuff like that, even at my own hands, stuff that I can't explain, um, I was constantly pushing the envelope because, you know, there were some in the church, not to make this all about the church, because I know, you know, all of you are in different places with regard to that, but there were some in the church that believed some of that stuff was evil. You know, so praying for somebody and having them fall over because they can't stand up any longer, um, that's okay. But talking about bilocation, that could be of the devil, you know, or something else. You know, talking about um, astral projection, of course, is definitely of the devil. <laughs> so they would say, uh, 
And remote viewing, of course, is another one of those things, you know, of the devil. You know, well, humans can't normally remote view, so it has to be the devil. And so we we tend to take things like that, which remote viewing, by the way, totally messes with the flow timeline. You know, it's just another great example because you can go forward or backward in time and space. It doesn't like re remote viewing kind of works that way. And some of you have done it, I know, from conversations. So uh, you would probably verify that fact. But what I've come to realize, and probably many of you have as well, is that what we don't understand, we tend to dismiss, vilify, whatever the case may be. You know, we tend to fear. And when we're confronted with absolute power or incredible power that we can't under, uh, can't explain, we often have a tendency to worship it. I don't know why. It seems to be hardwired into us somehow. And so as a result, uh, I'm not going to go so far today to say that, you know, all religions are ultimately uh, just a bastardization of humans trying to come to grips with alien technology, that would be a reach. Probably not, but <laughs> I'm not going to go that far today. But if you think about uh, whenever we're confronted with the unexplainable, rather than say, that's cool, how can I do that? Which would be my response. Um, we often get afraid or we often say, that's magical, or you must be a god, or something like that. I mean, imagine just us taking today's technology that we take for granted, that we use all the time, like cell phones or, you know, digital cameras or something like that, which are also in our cell phones. So take that back to 400 BC. Instant god status, right? Instant god status. And it's just technology that we take for granted. But back then, perhaps not so much. Now, there are some who argue that the technology timeline is actually running backwards. That the most powerful technology and advancements that have ever existed on the planet were um, at the time of Atlantis and some of those other... Um, societies that we've heard rumors of and myths of and stories about for you know millennia and that everything that we have today pales in comparison to then so what kind of technology did they have you know was it like what we see today i mean there's certainly been some discoveries that are completely unexplained like batteries embedded in stone um that shouldn't be there and you know all kinds of other things like that or was the technology that they had and understood something completely different you know was it spirit based or soul based or you know whatever was it uh something completely different did it conform to our flow discussion and they just figured out you know how to use our consciousness and tap into the electromagnetic grid that goes around the planet. And that's how they did what they did. Maybe. 
I mean, there's probably a lot there to learn that we don't understand. Um, but I mean, you're talking about people who are levitating 20 to 50 ton rocks into place somehow. They sure as hell didn't use pulleys and, and big logs and, you know, thousands of slave humans just to move every single rock in place and cut it so that you can't even fit a piece of paper in there. Like, that just don't compute. Today's technology can't do what happened millennia ago. Like, we can't repeat it. You go to some of the sites, and we can't repeat that. We don't have gear big enough to do it. They've tried. We just can't. And so then you hear even stories about, like, uh, uh, what is it, that castle in Florida? I want to say Coral Gables, but I don't think that's it. Coral Springs, somewhere down there. But the guy who built the the castle out of coral for his the love of his life who never showed up um, and moved tons of the stuff and built this entire place, you know, out of it. I've never been there, but I want to go. Um, but anyways, uh, he took his secrets. He, he made this statement that he had discovered the secrets of the universe uh, in an interview. And of course, that got my curiosity going. I remember watching a special on that show or on that place on television when I was 13 or 14. I was watching it with my dad. It's a standout moment in my life, oddly enough. <clears throat> and they had made the statement then. And of course, he, he mentioned Secrets of the Universe and I'm like, all in. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Um, but uh, in reading later stories about the guy, you know, there were reports unsubstantiated, of course, but there were reports of him transporting some of these rocks and whistling and using whistling sounds to move the stones or coral. Well, how the hell do you, do you move 10 tons of coral by whistling? Right? That makes zero sense. Uh, according to what we currently believe. To him, it could have been commonplace. To build a castle like that, you should look it up. Um, to, to build a castle like that using only hand tools is impossible. But yet, the dude did it. And, of course, his example is just one current, uh, current day example of hundreds if not thousands that exist around the the earth you know from the pyramids to uh teotihuacan to wherever machu picchu and so on so my question to ponder and of course i don't know that we'll come up with an answer to this but at least not today but my question to ponder is did they understand something about flow that we don't understand or did were they able to do what they did using an interruption to flow you know where they actually had to like i want you to think about this here's the picture that just popped into my mind so you have water flowing, let's say the ocean, there's a natural flow to it. And it just, 
you know, the water comes in, have the little waves, and then it goes back out. And it comes in, and then it goes back out. Or you have a stream, and the water's just naturally progressing, even if it's, you know, in flood season. It's progressing a lot faster, but it's still flowing, right? So what happens if you put a giant rock in the place, in it, you know? All of a sudden, it's an obstruction. And uh, the water starts backing up. You've got forcefulness happening. I mean, we know water has power. Look at the Grand Canyon, right? So things start backing up. It spills around the side. You know, we create lakes. I mean, you know, think dams, right? Dam is nothing more than an obstruction to flow. Uh, you have water starting to pull. Um, you put that bad boy in the ocean, depending on how big it is, um, like a barrier wall. Uh, the natural flow, the waves are going to start crashing on it, right? It's creating an obstruction. So what if there is a way, like what they're doing is just somehow they figured out a way to create an obstruction to the flow, and that's what they're leveraging to move these stones into place or to teleport or to do whatever i don't know i'm just literally talking off the top of my head whatever images are popping into my mind um it's a curious idea right it's a very curious thought that that could actually work um i'd like to figure that out in how to you know use those methods to create courses <laughs> that could be really fun um but anyways who knows like i don't know uh, you know you talk about portals right like um you go to Sedona, there's obviously something going on there, you know, so you have these portals. Is it a flow thing or is it an interruption thing? Uh, there's other portals like in Peru where they say, you know, these are portals to other dimensions and that you can travel through them. But yet it's like a door, a doorway looking thing in the side of a freaking boulder. So you mean to tell me that if I go up there with a little bit of chicken blood and some incense and say some magic words, all of a sudden this rock opens up and I can travel through time? That's ridiculous. But yet certain shamans swear by that fact. We do that all the time. I don't know what you're talking about, right? So there's a lot of things that we don't understand, but that doesn't mean we should dismiss them, I guess is maybe my point today. Actually, my point for today is to challenge you to think different. Uh, that's probably my point in pretty much all of these, is to think different. Sometimes I'm going to put stuff out there that you may 100% disagree with, and I'm okay with that. That's why I said it, is to get you to think different. Fight me on it. I'm fine with that. Um, or agree with me and tell me why. I like that too. But I've never been a status quo type of person. It just don't work for me very well. It doesn't necessarily mean that I have answers. But, uh, and I'm committed to the fact that the only reason why we don't have the right answers is because we haven't asked the right questions yet. So think about it. We could have all this energy pooling around us that we could leverage for anything. Not evil, you know, like 
taking people out or robbing the local bank. I mean, I'm not talking about stupid stuff like that, but just to do good, you know, imagine that like elevating all of humanity to a new level. That is a worthy cause, you know, to have, I mean, especially today's age where hate seems to be everywhere around us, you know, but to raise our vibrational levels, what if it's all vibration thing and that's it? Like, what if that is the secret vibration? Vibration is a flow issue. And we know that vibration can be interrupted and that discord can cause problems. But, you know, I'm reminded of even an article I read about how, um, I forget where it was, Hawaii, I think, where they would use drumming to levitate rocks and stuff. That's just a vibration, you know, and maybe a big ass drum. I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing that drum. But then, like, I think about, okay, so if you're drumming in a certain way, I was a drummer in high school. So if you're drumming a certain way to where the power of the the rhythm and all of that is levitating multi-ton boulders, like, what is that doing to the drummer? <laughs> you know, guys like, do I really need to levitate another boulder? Because every time I get started, my feet come off the ground and I start to float up in the air and it's like, damn it, I can't reach the drum head. You know, and everything comes crashing down and I hate when that happens. You know, <laughs> maybe it's that. Um, I mean, I totally believe that sound power can affect us. They actually have sonic weapons, you know, where they can take people out just with sound. But um, and lasers are directed energy, you know, which is a form of vibration. So we have hints of this stuff. And then, you know, Philadelphia experiment, all that kind of thing, where ships are disappearing in one place and appearing in another and guys stuck in the walls and all of that. So it seems like some of this technology exists and that it actually isn't magic at all. It's just that we don't understand it. And I, for one, want to. Because, quite frankly, I think it'd be pretty badass to, like, be here at the house at one moment. And Chris and I decide that we want to get away for a little bit, but not have to, like, fly or drive or whatever. And poof, we're in Paris. And, uh, eh, weather kind of sucks here. Let's go to London instead. Oh, this is kind of cool get lunch at our favorite restaurant. There's a really nice tapas place over toward the convention center, you know, get some steak and stuff like that. And then back home in time for the webinar. Like to me, that'd be a good time. Um, I haven't figured out how to do that yet. I'll let you know if I do. But uh, in the meantime, I'm going to go over to the comments and questions and see what you all think. Uh, Kathleen says that teleporting thing is covered in faces in the smoke, which I recommended before. He observed it, especially in Haiti, but also talks about in other cultures. Yeah, I missed that one. I'll have to check that. I'll have to check that out again. I'm going to copy that so I don't forget. 
Suzanne says it was a fun movie. <laughs> Tony said if you did show up here, I'd put put the kettle on and settle down for a long chat. For sure. That would be a fun uh a fun conversation for sure. Hayden Christensen, that's it. That's the name of the guy. I don't know why I couldn't blank on him. I think it's because I really hated him in Star Wars. So it's like, ah, you're not worthy of uh, <laughs> me remembering your name. I mean, that dude whined more than Luke Skywalker did in the first movie. It's like, good God already, we get it. You know, you miss your mommy. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the prequels. Some people love them. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, I was flipping through channels on television, and here's this thing that's obviously Star Wars, and none of it looked familiar. And I'm like, what's this going on? You know, they're all in this arena, and there's all these Jedi around and all this. And I'm like, did I miss something somewhere? Well, it was just from one of the prequels. You know, and I'd actually seen it before, just didn't remember. Lori says, not insane, Tony. It seems very plausible. Almost certain something like that exists. Right. Uh, Kathleen says, there's a wonderful book and CD called Flow Dreaming, a Radical New Technique for Manifesting Anything You Want by Summer McStravick. An excellent guided meditation on CD that guides you to get into flow and then shape your reality accordingly. Best way I can put it. It's excellent. That's very cool. So now I'm going to have to make a note of that one too. Y'all may or may not realize this, but pretty much every book that's recommended um, on here, I buy. Because that's just how I flow. Uh, Suzanne says it is Coral Gables. Okay, cool. I'm just copying things so I don't forget them. Uh, Kathleen says, yes, certain cultures have had pieces of the whole mystery and could or can do what we would call impossible things. I suspect that most of them have forgotten most of what they once knew because of wars, conquests, and other major disasters. Yeah, I would tend to think that that's true. You know, like if you have 50 people who know the secret and all 50 die, you know, now the universe has a problem to get that reintegrated back into our consciousness. Mark says, I seem to try to fit the unexplainable like teleportation and telekinesis into the concepts that are floating around in the bleeding edge of science and theory. The concept of warping space is based on the fact of mass and energy changing the shapes of space and time. Use something to warp or fold and align two specific points, then instant travel becomes a possibility. Who's to say that the unused, untrained parts of our brains might have those Possibilities built right in um, to be found by accident, say, in traffic one day while heading for an accident. Right. And then, you know, there's the whole 
argument of um, the the little part of our brain that uh, it seems the government don't want us to activate, so they put things like fluoride in our water to help calcify that, so we can't use it. Um, but I I would tend to agree, yeah. Um, Kathleen says, you should really read two books, Fool's Crow by Thomas Mails. I've read that multiple times. And then read Fool's Crow, Wisdom and Power. I read that one too multiple times. They're two of my favorite books, actually. They, um, those books actually established in my mind a lot of the concepts of flow that I was kind of toying with because he talked about um like how a bird uh, bird bones are hollow and that he saw himself like his goal was uh to be a hollow conduit and to get any obstruction out of that uh, bone so to speak that would inhibit flow like he was just a pass through and i'd not thought about those concepts in that form before until I read those books. And uh, it really helped solidify uh, some of the direction that I headed in as a result. Yeah, great, great books. I recommend that everybody read those books. Uh, Kathleen says, drumming is a magical tool. I believe that uh, so is throat singing, especially as used by the Tibetans, for sure. Um, William says, Tony, you talked about flow from a physical or physiological perspective. There's also flow from a psychological or mental state perspective. The concept has been heavily researched and written about by a person whose name I'll never be able to pronounce. <laughs> Mahali... Six zent Mahalia. I have no idea. Really long name. Smith. Mahali Smith. Uh, <laughs> you were in a mental flow state while working at the auction, which is why you missed the lot when it was called. Um, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, a lot of people actually have asked us at different times how we accomplish so much in so little time. And it's because I've learned how to focus in a way that I can block out everything around me. It's like a tunnel vision. I know some of, some of you can do that as well and, and do do that on a regular basis because I've talked with you about it. Um, it's very powerful. The only, the only downside is, is that whenever you come out of that, you have no idea what's, <laughs> it's like what just happened. And I mean, I literally, whenever I came out of that zone, one of our friends, actually, who also has a business downtown, uh, Mark, he has a little antique store called Gypsy, and yesterday was his first time at an auction, which seems weird to me. Um, but anyway, uh, given that he sells antiques is why it seems weird to me. But anyway, Kristen just told me this morning while we were having breakfast with my mom that uh, she's like, yeah, I was talking to Mark and he's like, man, Tony seems really intense right now. And 
she said, yeah, he's just working on a website problem that he's trying to fix. And it was so funny that he picked up on that as a third party viewer, you know, and at that exact same time when I completely missed the other stuff, like the world of the auction <laughs> just vanished for a little while. So it's kind of funny. But on the flip side, uh, it does help you get a lot of stuff done really quickly. So I want to add this person's name to my list here. I'm just copying and pasting so that I don't forget. Gary says, long ago I read about the sleeping prophet Edgar Casey, who talked about reincarnation, um, viewing at a distance and so on. I'll have to revisit some of that info. Yeah, you may find it pretty, pretty interesting. Like, I'm not gullible to the point where I'll just believe anything and everybody. But I also think it's just as gullible to dismiss it all out of hand, you know, without investigation. Tony says, I've got a theory that we have not yet discovered all the invisible forces we can make use of. Telepathy is one I'd like to know. Just imagine telling Shakespeare about getting his place on TV or the cinema when electricity wasn't in use at the time. Right. Yeah, there's so many cool things. Um, Kathleen says, Faces in the Smoke is by uh, Du Chan Gersey, I think. It is out of print, but readily available on Amazon. Gersey is a documentary filmmaker who made his career so that he could invest in these kinds of mysteries. Made that his career. I like how he thinks. That's a good idea. <laughs> oh, thank you, William. So he gave me a, uh, a phonetic spelling. Uh, my Haley chick sent me high. Thank you. Uh, Kathleen says, I wish we could all have copies of the list of publications that are shared here. Could you post that each week or something? There is a running list uh, in Nerd Unscripted um somewhere and um i'll add these to the list but maybe what i can do is um pin that to the top so that it's constantly there and not buried so that we have access to it because i agree with you it's fascinating to read some of this stuff that you've never heard of before chris says very captivating program today thanks you're very welcome. So that's all that I have, folks. Something to think about, right? And uh, we'll get together here again next Tuesday. Find out <laughs> what we get to talk about again, because who knows. Uh, but until then, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. And we'll talk again soon.